Welcome to the Cookery Podcast. I'm Marie, and in today's episode, I have a chat with Charmaine Fuller, who is a coach for neurodivergent moms, and she shares about her experience having a toxic client-coach relationship with a coach she previously hired for herself. We discuss the red flags and green flags to look out for before hiring a coach and share our experiences with setting boundaries with our own clients as coaches ourselves and business owners. Enjoy! Hello everyone, welcome to the Cook Coterie Podcast. Today I have an amazing guest, Charmaine Johnson Fuller. How are you doing today, Charmaine? I'm fabulous, Marie. How about you? I am doing fabulous as well. I'm really excited for our conversation because we're going to be talking about how to have a healthy relationship with your coach and what unhealthy coaching relationships look like. So I was thinking we could start with Charmaine, could you tell us a little bit about how you first learned the difference between the two? So just a little bit of backstory. I was in a coaching program and it started out great. Then there became these red flags, right? And so I noticed that I was in an unhealthy relationship when feedback came by the way of berating. Or like, you know, you're just lazy, you don't want to do the work, you, you know, it was just a lot of that type of behavior that wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, you're a dumb bee, but it wasn't exactly the the language that you would look for to necessarily be, I hate to say motivated and inspired, because that's not what a coach technically is for, but you know, that is kind of where you go to, you know, look for your next thing right is you know I'm on the right path um, there was total lack of boundaries in the group there was total lack of boundaries with the with the coach when I attempted to set boundaries it was a lot of well that's just too much work why are you going through all of this um, and that often happens when you set boundaries with people right they don't normal you know most people don't go okay great I get your boundaries and now you know this is how we can coexist it's you know you're doing too much like one of the boundaries was hey because you're my coach because we were also friendly outside of coaching could you text my business number or use my business things for coaching information so that I can keep the two things separate and so that we can have some form of um, you know just kind of line of where things are well I just text everybody here why do you have to have five different email addresses why do you have to have you know like three different phone numbers like you know why do you have to have all of these things and by nature I'm like I'm ADHD so I have to have separation of where things go and whatever. So those are some of like the first cues. When you begin to set boundaries, when you go, hey, this treatment, I don't like how you treated me. Like the message was there. You know, I can't, in that space, the messaging was there. The things that she shared were absolutely relevant. The money I paid for the information I got, absolutely great information however comma how it was delivered at the expense of you know my self-esteem and just how just how I felt if that makes any sense just was not worth it and whenever I would bring it up 
I was being too much. I was being extra. This is just how she talks to people. She's been talking to like, you know, when you hear those types of things, when you try to bring up concerns, those are definite red flags, like in a coaching relationship or even in a relationship relationship, when you bring up your concerns and you're being vulnerable, that person bringing, like saying you're being too much or that person, um, that person going, well, you knew what you got when you got me, right? Like that's supposed to <laughs> make it any better. You know, those types of things and not absolving my own, you know, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to listen and think that I'm putting it all on her because no matter what type of relationship you're in, coaching or otherwise, you have to take ownership of why you got there in the first place. And why I got there in the first place were the grand promises of me creating fast momentum and fast growth in my business. And I did that, but at the expense of so many other things. And I realized that, like, my God, we're no longer in alignment. And so those are some of the things I would definitely look out for if you're with the coach and if your concerns aren't being addressed. If you voice your concerns and they go, well, you know, it's because you act like this or it's because you're not doing your work. This is why I respond to you in this way or this is why I ignore you in group. Um, if you notice that the coach is like, well, you can call me at any time and you can text me and, you know, whatever concerns you have, you know, like you can do that. That's a red flag. Anybody that doesn't have boundaries later on is going to explode, you know. Those are some of the things that now moving forward, I look out for. I, you know, I've went back to the coaches that have office hours. I've went back to the coaches that know how to be firm, but yet stay professional. Um, so I've, I've went back into some of those spaces and things are going well. Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. And, and I appreciate you sharing that because even as a coach, we aren't perfect, right? And right. And we also are human beings who need discernment to figure out if a coaching relationship is a good fit for us as well. Right. And that's the whole part of knowing your values, knowing how you want certain relationships to feel. And when I begin to notice that she and I weren't in alignment is when I really start doing work on my values. Like, how do I want things to feel? How do I want, how do I want to live my life and show up in my life? And how do I want the people around me? And that just was not in alignment with me. You know, even though that working with her was the most money I had ever made at that point in my business, I was exhausted. I was always on edge because I wasn't sure if the questions that I was going to bring, were, was she going to be in a good mood on that day or was it now going to be too much and I should know how to do things? Like it was this, it was this weird balance of, yes, bring me all your questions and then, well, you should know how to do that yourself and then you should know how to do this and you guys have to stop coming. Like she would come into the groups and do these rants. Like she was really famous for doing rants. She would come in and she would do these rants and basically tear everybody down, cuss us out, and then act like nothing had ever happened. I'm like, once I started doing my own work, I'm like, this is some of the most, can I cuss? Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm like, this is some of the most dysfunctional shit ever. Mm -hmm. I have never ever been in a coaching relationship like this. And again, taking accountability for myself, I went in not being on target with my core values. 
I went in to make money. So did I achieve my goal in that program? Yes, most definitely. But my values were shot because I wasn't living from my highest sets of values just to get to the money, which is why I guess they say money is not important because like everything had, everything was just my, I was exhausted. I was like on the verge. No, I wasn't on the verge of burnout. I was like in burnout, mm -hmm. but I was making really good money. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine how hard it must have been when you're trying your best, you're doing your best, and you are trying to follow her program, right? Showing right. up with questions. And then when you do bring up concerns, they're dismissed. Right. And as you were figuring out your boundaries and what your limits were, what did you do next? So I attempted to have a woman-to-woman -woman conversation. Like, hey... You know, I get, I ask a lot of questions, you know, again, taking ownership. I'm not perfect. I know that I come in here and sometimes, you know, I ask a lot of questions. Sometimes I dump a lot of things in the group. However, how you're speaking to me is not, is not okay with me. And her reply was, but you have to understand how you show up and how you talk to me. And I'm sitting there thinking, what in the gaslighting is this situation here, right? And so this was the first conversation. At that time, I said nothing. But then after we had that conversation, her behavior changed for, I would say, at least three months. Her behavior changed like an abusive relationship, right? The behavior changes. They're afraid you're going to leave, whatever. Behavior changes. She's in a great space. Everything's going copacetic. And then, like, our final interaction, she completely blew up at me again. I was sharing some realizations that I had had because she had me do some work. And so then she's like, when you do the work, then come back into the group. When I came back into the group with my work, she berated me in front of the whole group. You're lazy. You just want things easy. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it was it was horrible. I felt so embarrassed because I had just buried my soul in this space. And then she came in and just like ripped that apart. And after that moment, I was embarrassed, but then I'm like, oh my God, she's been doing this for the entire year that I've worked with her in some capacity. It wasn't necessarily me that she was tearing down, but she's been doing this in other spaces. And I said, yeah, I've got to get out of, you know, I, at that moment, I was so happy that I didn't pay her 24K all at once, that I was doing it monthly. So I, you know, there had been some, there was some money issues going on. And so I had stopped payments and I was going to pick them back up. But I'm like, yeah, I'm not picking, I'm not paying to be berated. I don't care what, I'm not paying, you know, for somebody to do this. And long story short, I sent her a really I sent her an email that really detailed everything. She tried to gaslight me again and say that, um, again, it was how I treated her. And, and I'm not negating that maybe she felt like the way I showed up in the group was somehow a personal thing to her. But still, you know, I said, you professionally, you know, come to me behind the scenes and not in the group. Like I said, I wouldn't be so upset had you and I had a conversation over the phone. And 
it was it was just a really interesting breaking it was like breaking up with an abuser like it was a lot of vitriol and she pulled out everything like you know because coaching relationships are intimate not only are you helping people with their business or with their schedule but you have to get really intimate details about their life and in our arguments she pulled through every intimate detail that I'd ever told her about my life in these emails and then says at the end because I was supposed to go to a, um, a retreat like she was holding a retreat if you humble yourself then you can come to the retreat and at this point I was pissed off I'm like Fuck you and your retreat <laughs> But it taught me a valuable lesson. Like, I want people to get that, like, now the story is funny. But out of this, I got to see how I don't want to run my business. Out of this, I got to see how important living a values-driven versus a cash-driven life is. Out of this, I got to see how I want to run my coaching programs, how I want to approach people. I got to see how I wanted to show up solely in my business. And I also got to see how sometimes I jump into things without taking a heart check first. Like sometimes we hear like some people, she's a great marketer. So sometimes you have these coaches that are great marketers and they get you in and you realize what the F is going on here? Like what am I paying for? And so, but, you know, looking back, had I taken extra time? So now I take a little bit extra time to research, excuse me, and look into what's going on with an individual or a program. As a coach, it reminds me to set boundaries, to execute those boundaries. If I say you can only contact me Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 to 8, by God, that's it. And it's not from a space of I'm being mean, but I'm protecting my mental health. So when you come to me with what clients do with crazy questions or they're in total doubt mode or they're questioning every aspect of their life or business, that I'm able to come from a place of empathy and not because I'm so exhausted, I'm coming from a space of, oh my God, I wish she would just shut up and stop complaining. Like, you know, it, it allowed me to really see how I want to show up um, as a as a consultant, as a coach. A con I call myself a consult consultant coach. You know how to show up in that way because that's what exhausting gets you. When you're exhausted as a coach, when you're burned out, when you've given way too much of yourself to your clients, you begin to feel resentful. And for other coaches out there, I want you to hear that. Like you might feel like it's mean somebody's paying you $2,000 a month or $1,000 a month and you feel like you should always have to be available. No, that client needs boundaries. Otherwise, they will run over you and not from a space of being mean or unaware. It's just that's kind of what we do as humans. If I find somebody to help me, I kind of latch on and without the boundary in place, it can become really chaotic real quick. So I really want coaches to hear taking care of yourself and executing boundaries with your clients. It's going to make such a difference in how you serve and how you see your business. Definitely. I totally agree with that. As a recovery coach myself, it's so important for me to have those boundaries. Like in my contracts with my clients, I have it in writing that my turnaround for responses is 48 hours and I usually yep. respond actually within 24 but I put 48 just in case there's something going on with my son or I'm at an yep. appointment and I also do that not just for me but because 
I am helping them with their healing journey, with their recovery journey. Right. Like, they need to see someone modeling healthy boundaries exactly. to them. And and I, and I appreciate what you said, that you're not trying to be mean. Because I feel like so many of us, we are so uncomfortable with pain. And I yeah. have learned that pain is a friend who is inviting me to pay attention to something specific. And yep. when... I mean, in the past, I used to be super available for my clients... And it's like, I would get a message like, Marie, help me right now. Like, help me right now. You're like, oh my God. And it's like, hey, like, let's take a deep breath and like really process this pain. Because too often we just want to get rid of it because it's so uncomfortable. But we can learn so much from it when we accept it and when we embrace it. Yes and yes. Yes. That's, um again, one of the lessons that I took is that, you know, in being a coach myself and having gone through my own journeys with healing and dealing with things, oftentimes that time period that you're telling someone to wait, what I've noticed with my clients, if I tell you my turnaround is 24 to 48 hours and you normally don't hear from me until like maybe end of business after I've done dealing with my kids or the next day, I found that most of my clients have figured it out like in between that time and when I reach out to them with an answer they're like oh my god you're now confirming what the answer already came up with thank you so much that it gives them that space to figure it out on their own and when you give them that clear framework they know how to show up in session they know how to you know how to show up in session like having that clarity for everybody makes it really clear and that was one of the things is that because I was a one-on-one client, I could text her at any time. She had no hours. I could call her personal phone at any time. Um, I just had, I literally had 24-hour access to her, 24-hour access. And when it finally hit me, I said, oh, my God. She's exhausted. Like, I'm one of those weird people that even when people are being total jerks to me, I can pull it apart and see why, and I can still show empathy while distancing myself. That is like a special trick from having the alcoholic father. I can <laughs> I can show empathy for how you're acting, and I get why you're acting that way. But while removing myself from your madness to give you that space to do that, I don't feel like I have to fix you because I can't. Um, So I was able to see like when I started like noticing the behavior slide, like, oh, my God, there was only so much of being superwoman to us that she could be. And once that peaked, she exploded like it, it made total sense to me from my background, like, oh, wow, like this is what's happening. And oftentimes when you're in those situations, whether you're the person that's, you know, feeling some sort of way or you're the person receiving that that energy and being able to look like what in the heck is really going on like you said dealing with that pain what is really going on because I'm not just mad for no reason and it's not the surface reason that's coming up there's something else going on and either I deal with it or it keeps coming up like I keep stuffing it and then I'm good for a couple months and then then I blow up again like that's that seems to be the pattern for a lot of people is that they stuff it 
and then they can't figure out why every 90 days it takes them two weeks and they're in bed crying and in tears. You know, those patterns continue to show up until you deal with them. Exactly. And when we don't deal with it, there can be detrimental consequences. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's trapped in us and we need a healthy way to release that stress and that tension in our bodies. Charmaine, I was thinking we should maybe move on to talking about what a healthy coaching client relationship looks like. And I was wondering if you have any experiences of working with a coach or maybe with a client that you've had where it was almost like the stars aligned. It was natural, conversations flowed easily, and yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? Yes. So first of all, a healthy coaching relationship is boundaries for both sides. Um, having and executing boundaries, um, knowing your values. What is it that you stand for? What is important to you for real, for real? Not just, you know, whether you're working with a business coach or a recovery coach, not that you just want to feel better or not that you just want to make more money in your business, but what for real, for real is important to you? How do you for real want your life to look and feel like knowing that off rip will sit will set you up for seeking and kind of being magnetically attracted to coaches or workshops that feed that growth for you um but for me the one of the best coaching clients i had it was just like we were in sync. I didn't even have to really finish sentences. She got it. Um, she understood and respected my boundaries that I don't do Saturdays and Sundays, so you just might as well not even. Or you just know that I'm not going to get back to you until Monday. Like, she totally respected that. I totally respected the place that she was in. I think a coach being able to respect the space that you're in and allowing and guiding you to figure out how to get to your desired goal and not necessarily trying to fix. A coach doesn't try to fix. Um, consultants don't try to fix either. We give you a blueprint. Coaches don't necessarily, you know, we give you the blueprint and do this next, but you still have to be the one that executes and someone that's not going to beat you up for not executing because, you know, when you're in a coaching situation, sometimes my fears will get the best of me. And I need for you to understand that we all have these fears and things. Um, I would also say a perfect coaching relationship comes from people that are working on themselves. So listening out for words like your coach is saying that, hey, I'm in therapy too. Hey, I'm dealing with my own traumas too. Someone that's not only dealing but actively working with someone. I always say that, you know, somebody's actively doing the work. Um, the other one that is so corny but this is now like my gauge. My coach has to have friends outside of the business. Like you have to have a BFF. You've got to have somebody that you can just have fun with and that you can vent and share your troubles to. Um, looking for a coach that can keep it friendly, not familiar. So I can share with you pieces of my life, but you're not knowing that um, my husband walked out on me two days ago or that we've been fighting for the past week or I can't stand my kids like that doesn't need to be like be careful of situations where they are inviting you to be too open mm -hmm. um, 
there's a story in Danielle Laporte's book called White Hot Truth, where she talks about where she was going through her journey of like discovery and all that other stuff. And she went to this like meeting and the the guru or whatever of the meeting was inviting people to like spill out their deepest, darkest secrets, but not having space to hold for them to deal with it. Just having them basically vomit out, you know, what their biggest thing was. And I said that it has a point. I said that to say this, that being mindful of spaces that not only ask you to share, but give you things that you can do. You know, the coaching relationship with the coach I'm in now, I love. There's boundaries. There is structure. I love structure and order. I love knowing what's next. I love knowing when we're going to have calls. I love knowing um, what's expected of me as a client so I can know how to show up. Like, those are some of the best. When the expectations are set, when the boundaries are set, when things are clear, that makes for a very harmonious relationship. Did I make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. And, and those things are super important. I want to go back to earlier what you said, working with someone who is already putting the work in. Yeah. And it actually reminded me of a call with a prospect that I had who was interested in working with me. And I was asking her all these questions and she would just literally just give like what one word answer so it was quite interesting and then I said that well thank you for your time she was like but you didn't even tell me like what you do and I was like I I I don't think we'll be a good fit because she gave me the vibes of like I just want you to fix me and that's not what I do like I'm there to guide you and I'll be there with you every step of the way but like you said they need to be the ones to execute what I teach them. Most definitely. That is so important. When you go into a situation hoping that a coach will fix you, and I've, I've let people go. Like, once you realize, like, wait a minute, every session you've come, you're not doing the work. Like, yeah, let me just stop your payments now. This is like, you're, you're fine. Like, that's why my, in a way, my contracts are so flexible. Like a lot of coaches have no refunds. But if you get in my space and our energy no longer aligns, money to me is energy. And so I don't even want, (laughs) I don't even want your money because the energy associated with that money for me is just heavy now. And so I have let people go because our energy doesn't align. I want you to take this money and go and find someone that you align with versus trying to force it with me. Like, I, you know, that's just how I do business just a little bit differently is that, yes, I still do have like no refunds, like if you're in a group or something. But if you get in there and you're just like, look, I just can't, you know, I'm not going to hold you hostage. Like there's no benefit to me holding you hostage specifically if you can't even take those funds to go and get the help you need. Um, So that's kind of where I differ from the regular like coaching consulting world. Um, Like if you don't, if you didn't try to do anything, then you're not going to get a refund for what you've already paid. Mm -hmm. But if you're like paying month by month, it's like, well, why keep coming back? Like it was a good run. You're not, you know, you're not even doing anything in here, you know, so why? 
<laughs> why are you here? Um, so yeah, and my success rate with that is pretty high. Like, like, oh, people will just like, leave. no, they don't. Like, not as high as what people think. Like, they're not just, you know, not working or not leaving. You know, so yeah. And I think that also applies to if, if there are listeners who are interested in coaching and they're not really sure like where to start. Like, just doing that research on whether someone offers a refund or what their program looks like because unfortunately there are a lot of coaches who hide a lot of their information and they want you to pay first and they give you like vague information and then you pay like a huge sum of money and then you go in and then see what it's like and there's actually like not that much and right that really bothers me sometimes because I do hold myself to really high ethical standards and it's extremely unfair to potential clients when a coach is deceptive like that and I always tell people read that like read it go through it read it understand what what works for you and what doesn't work for you um there are also a lot of coaches that just teach, well, just send somebody a payment link. It's like, I'm not sending you a payment link without a contract because I want you to understand what you're doing. And yes, although a lot of the contract points we talk about in our discovery call, so you have an idea, but there are certain parts of my contract that are really highlighted because I want you to understand what the refund policy is. I want you to understand the length of our um, you know our term together I want you to understand how many calls you get a month and how many times you can email me or you know how you can show up in the group I want you to know those things and it, or at least know where to find them if you need to and you know there there's a lot of coaches out there with some bogus contracts as well like they just I mean they tell you this all the time they like they tell you don't just take somebody else's contract and copy and paste like if you're going to do contracts really invest that what is it a hundred dollars for nolo or you know oh i wish i could remember the name of the lawyer she has a podcast Sad. And, yeah and you can buy package you can buy contract but you can pay like you know a couple of hundred bucks mm-hmm. and you know versus spending fake money on facebook ads make sure your contracts are at least in legal order because there's nothing worse than either a customer breaking you know like you feel like they've broken the contract but because it wasn't clear Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about it you know or a coach having you tied up for a year in something I would also suggest people not get into year-long programs in the beginning in the beginning while you were still trying to search for your your dream coach I would look for workshops 90-day programs because a year is a long time to be married to someone in the coaching world and then you find out by month number three that this is not the person for you but you're stuck for a year so if you get into a year contract either see if they can put in the clause where if after 90 days we don't mesh then you can be released or something like that but you don't want to be necessarily married to someone for a year unless you have worked with them before and you've had really good feeling as well as results from the work not just results but how does the program feel like you said are you getting the stuff you're supposed to get is it organized and clear or is it just kind of all thrown together um i think that's important as well i think the um the error of 
just randomly signing up with somebody for a year and you just met him that's like going to the club and meeting a guy and in one night you figure he's going to be like the love of your life for the rest of your life like <laughs> that's not the way to go as a coaching client you know coaches do what they want to do but as a client unless like I said unless you have done things with them before and their integrity shows true look for like workshops or 90-day programs or even one-offs where you can do a pick my brain session or if they have like a six-week program or something like that. Yeah, and and to add to that, I think at the end of the day, it's important really to just trust your gut, you know? Because like you said, it's like going to a club and you meet a guy and it's hard to be logical and rational when you're emotional and you're like full of these like good feelings. And And good drinks. (laughs) Exactly, and it's like, oh yeah, like... Like, yeah, this this is going to work. This is going to work. And it's okay to slow it down Yeah, and, and do some research, think about it, and like, okay, this coach wants me to work with them for a year. They have a six-week thing. I'm going to start with that first. And that's right. okay, you know? And if a coach is, like, pressuring you to work with them long-term when you don't really know them, like, that is a red flag. Yeah. Because coaching can be amazing and I've been blessed and benefited so greatly from great coaching and so it it does hurt me when I see people like take advantage of others because they're just out to make a quick buck right you know that's kind of you know a lot of people are like oh my god the coaching industry needs to be regulated but I'm like doctors are regulated and we still have bad doctors exactly (laughs) Medical so it's all about right. Yeah. It's all about who you choose, making sure, like you said, you align with them, that they are showing up consistently. You know that, and taking a look at everything as much as you can. And here's the gag: this particular coach was really good at because I had done some of her smaller programs, and they were absolutely great, and they were life affirming it wasn't until I got into the longer term programs that I began to see the breakdown so sometimes yeah you're going to still do all of the research and all the things and some people are really good at packing it in and air quotes hiding what's really going on and you might get into those longer term programs and discover this is why I say like if it's a year long program can I have like if it's not working for me can I get like a 90 day out because if after because that was like after about 90 days I'm like yeah no this is going to be a no for me (laughs) and being able to have that space for decisions like that to be made is extremely important I get so turned off by coaches who are like begging their clients to stay in the contract to stay in the program And for me, it's like, why would I want to work with someone who doesn't want to work with me? You know, I have the self-respect to let a client go if they don't feel like I'm a good fit for them anymore. Right. And that's also a green flag, really, when a coach is confident enough of themselves that they wouldn't be offended if you you provide feedback. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the things I ask of, and it's, it's funny, but yet sad in the same breath. Because when I ask my clients for feedback, I'm like, I want all of it. Like, I want the things that worked for you. I want the things you wish that I would have done better. 
because you can't just give me this blanket oh my god everything was great type of statement because I mean that's not just how life rolls you know you don't work with someone and love everything that they do there are some things that you wish were different or better and the first time I ran my program like people were giving those like great I felt supported I'm like okay I get that I need to know the ish that you guys wish I would have done better or that it just would have made it easier for you or you just didn't outright like or just really kind of grinded your gears and I said I won't get mad I'm not like if you want to send it anonymously you can or you can put it in here like I don't care but I need that feedback so the next group of ladies that come in I'm able to improve myself each time by taking that feedback and I got the feedback in and it was great meaning that it allowed me to make shifts it allowed me to now show up in a different way and of course you look at feedback and you go okay is this relatable for the next program or do I just you know and this is like a future fix but I take all of those because these are people that are actually paying you and working with you and so you want to kind of ensure that they are feeling like they were supported and heard and all of that great stuff while working with you. I really appreciate you sharing that and I think yeah that's just another green flag is when a coach is open to constructive criticism and they don't lash out and make you feel bad for being honest. That comes from doing your own work though. Yeah definitely. Charmaine, thank you so much for your time. I was wondering if you could share with listeners how they can connect with you. I can be found on Instagram at Charmed with Char. I am there pretty much a lot. I also have a YouTube channel as well that also has juicy bits of goodness. Uh, if you email rebrand.ly backslash newsletter, and I'm sure you'll have that all that juicy stuff down in the comment section or down in the section below. Uh, you'll get access to my weekly newsletter, which supports moms that are neurodiverse to help improve their schedule and to take the overwhelm from around how they schedule their life and everything like that. And I send bite-sized, life-sized tips. So I don't give you three E's. I don't give you a PDF. Because most women that are neurodiverse, we have enough stuff in our Google Drive graveyard. And so I provide weekly tips that will help you to make those small shifts that lead to big gains um, versus just one worksheet. And, you know, you're not going to do it (laughs) (laughs) anyway. Awesome. Thanks so much, Charmaine. Thank you. Hey friend, thanks for listening. If you know someone who is interested in coaching or may have had a bad experience with a coach in the past, please share this episode with them. With the holiday season coming up, there can be a lot of anxiety for those of us who have narcissistic parents. You're not alone in your anxiety and I help women every day set boundaries with their narcissistic families. The link to schedule a free consultation call with me is in this episode's description. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time.